of God. We, uh, we find in uh, chapter 2, if you'll hold your place, let's pray. Father, help us now to endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that our young, our children, our young children and our teenage children and our young adults and our, the rest of our church family, we pray that we would endure hardness as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus. Give us this endurance, Lord. Help us to endure anything that you lead us into. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. So how many would like to be a little better enduring? Have you ever given up? A lot of people do. Understand. Uh, try to do 50 push-ups. You probably will not endure. I'm glad our endurance is not just physical. And by the way, sometimes that's hard too. But our endurance is spiritual, really. Because God can take a very weak person that's physically weak, maybe has a disease, an illness, a handicap of some kind, and God can make that person a strong Christian. And they can endure. And, and, and what, what I want in my life is I want to endure anything that God puts in my life. Because I know that he never makes a mistake. Let's look at the verse. <clears throat> Thou therefore, my son, Paul is talking to Timothy, the second letter, and he says, Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You see the endurance of the word of God? It's supposed to perpetuate itself in throughout every generation until Jesus comes back. So I'm supposed to learn the Bible. I'm supposed to have learned it when I was a child. I'm supposed to have learned it when I was uh, uh, able to learn it. For me, I didn't even start learning the Bible until I was 19 years old. Or right around maybe 18 so I began to learn the Bible. The Bible says that I'm supposed to have learned the Bible and then gotten to the point where I can teach somebody and then they can teach somebody to teach somebody. So this Bible is supposed to be taught throughout all generations. Your children should know some scripture and you should be able to teach your scripture to your children and then your children should grow up and teach the scriptures to their children. That's the, the method that God has. We're supposed to continue and perpetuate the knowledge of the Lord. But he, it's supposed to be that way among uh, uh, adults too. So Timothy was a, a young man. He was led to the Lord by Paul. And he tells Paul, or tells Timothy, now that you're a, an adult in the Christian faith, I want you to go and I want you to teach somebody else. The Word of God, that's how it endures throughout all generations. Now, guess what? The Bible is not enduring much in the lives of Americans anymore. It's there. It's being taught. No, nowhere near the, the way it was in years gone by. This, everybody uh, uh, can have testimonies of, of years back in the 40s and the 50s and some in the 60s and for me, it was in the 60s. We, we had a knowledge of, of righteousness and respect for church, respect for the name of Jesus. I had a, um, a gymnastics coach in my freshman year of high school, 
and he was really upset. He said, I don't want to hear any of you call on the Creator like that. He didn't say not to use the Lord's name in vain, but he used, I don't want to hear you call on the Creator. Not like that. And he said, don't call on the Creator like that. He was talking to foul-mouthed guys on the gymnastics team. I just loved to hear it. I, it was refreshing to me. I said, now there's a man. There's a real man. There's a real coach. His name was Mr. Little. There wasn't anything little about him. He was a great man. He was a great man. I'll never forget him. He, he, just, he was a righteous man. And so uh, the Word of God is, is, promises, prom, is promised to endure throughout all generations. But look at this. You and I have to have a little endurance too. Verse number 3 says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And so all through the Bible we have this endurance. The, um, we're challenged to endure hardness, aren't we? How many would say uh, the um, American Christianity is a little bit delicate? And you know I sometimes preach on that, right? I'm ashamed of how delicate I am sometimes. Now, I don't fault the fact that we've been blessed above measure in our country. I love the blessings of God. But I think at times I get a little weak. I get a little selfish. I get a little thinking about me too much. I get a little delicate. I get a little wimpy. And I get a little, uh, uh, what you call, just, uh, I don't know, uh, just breakable too much, you know. Uh, Jesus said, they that live delicately are in king's houses. I like John the Baptist. Don't you like the way he said, uh, come out into the wilderness and I'll show you who I'm preaching to, you know. And I love John the Baptist, man, eating locusts and wild honey, telling the king, you're sinning, you shouldn't have her. You know that's wrong. Man, he was a preacher. Cost him his head. <laughs> he lost his head. He lost his mind. But I'm, I'm thankful that God chose a bunch of fishermen and he chose a, a, a wilderness fella, a carpenter, and, and their family. Uh, it's just amazing. God's looking for some endurance. Now, I want you to go to Hebrews with me, chapter number 12, because our Savior, <clears throat> saw a lot of people want to uh, portray him as kind of a, a delicate little effeminate type person. I assure you, he was a man. He was strong. He was a hard worker. Jesus worked hard. He, uh, and by the way, I've had jobs where maybe, maybe if you come to my house, there's still stuff I haven't got done that I told my wife I would too. Oh, man. Uh, can you imagine growing up and your dad gives you a chore and you got it done perfectly? And then the next thing you got it done perfectly and your mom told you to do something, you got it done perfectly. Man, he, he, he grew up just finishing the job and getting it done and doing it right. And he was an, it's so honorable. We have, and then when his father said, now it's time to join the ministry in a bigger way. So he got baptized. John the Baptist took him down to the Jordan River and baptized him. And the heavens opened and the, the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. And the voice from heaven said, behold, uh, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. And from that moment on, it was about three years before Jesus was finished with his public ministry. Now, I don't mean to say he didn't minister up until his baptism, but after his baptism, he started ministering in a bigger, deeper way. And uh, he made trips to Jerusalem and he, 
and he tangled with the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and all the doctors of the law and uh, the lawyers. And boy, he, he just turned them inside out. But he loved people. He endured so much. But look at this. Look at chapter 12 in Hebrews, verse number 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we, we are compassed with, uh, about with so great a cloud of witnesses, that's people watching your life. You, it's a cloud of witnesses. It's not just one or two people. There's a cloud watching you. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Everybody has a besetting sin, th things that drive you backward, things that drive you down, beset us, uh, uh, makes you start over, makes you begin again. It makes you, it's like going bowling and you, and you have a couple of strikes and then you have a gutter ball. That's a besetting, um, that, that beset, you, 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 you beset, you got to start over again and, and, and get back on track. So uh, he says, the sin which does so so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, when I was in high school, there was a guy named John Rohde. He was really tall and he had another buddy named uh, John Geisler and they were uh, first and second in state in their uh, track. They, they did cross country, a lot of running. Have you ever, have you ever tried to run? Has anybody done some running? It's hard. If your torso is long and your legs are short, running's probably not for you. I mean, you can run, but you've got to run a lot faster than the guys that go, thump, thump, thump. And I'm going, it's like this. Man, alive. I, it's just not fair. God didn't make me to run. <laughs> he made me to endure, though. Okay, so I can, if I, if I slow it down and I get my pace set, then I can run forever. Uh, that's the thing. You can't, you don't have to, you don't have to keep up with somebody else. You have your race that you run and you have to endure what God has for you. So however you're built, whatever your set of skills are, you have a race that is set before you. Look at now, as you run, as you endure, as your lungs are burning, as your legs are so sore you can't stand up, as you begin to wobble and you get dizzy and you feel like you're going to fall over and you just want to quit. The longer you run, the more you want to quit. It's just human nature. But look at this. Verse number two says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him did what? Endured the cross. Jesus endured you and I quit too easy. We're too delicate. We've got to do some enduring. The Bible says endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The day, the day when you start something, oh, it's not as good as the finish. The Bible says better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. When you begin something, you look at it, you go, I got a big mountain to climb. Oh, my goodness. I remember when I, the first day I started my classes in college, I thought, I'm never getting done with this. But I just blinked, it seemed like, and the day came when we were taking the tassel and putting it on the other side, grabbing your degree with one hand, shaking with the other. That was a long time. 
but you, 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 you can't look at the beginning of something and say, oh, I'm never going to make it. You just have to endure. You just have to endure. My wife and I just uh, uh, celebrated 34 years of marriage, and uh, many people have done a lot more than that. I'm just glad that we've, we, I don't want to say endured, because when time flies when you're having fun, but you know, we've gone through a lot, and you do have to endure if you're going to stay married, right? You can't just say uh, everything's sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows all day. Forget that. It's not, the unicorns are gone. <laughs> Give up on the unicorn lifestyle, right? You know, the, the little uh, face painting and all that. Forget that stuff. That's not real life. That's little, that's little stuff that little kids do. Listen, God's called us to go to battle. He calls us soldiers. You're going to have to endure. We're going to have to endure. And God wants us to endure. He tells us to endure hardness. And we have something that out and outlasts every one of us. I, I found that the Bible was for me. I found that I was for the Bible. I found that the word of God was quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I found that it was the most wonderful thing in the whole entire world. And I began to uh, get into the Bible and read the Bible and love the Bible and memorize it. All of a sudden, time goes by pretty fast. Do you know how you can endure things? Endure what you have to endure with God. You get close to Jesus and Time will go a little faster and a little brighter, a little lighter, and you'll find that your endurance is actually he's carrying you. He carries us. He picks us up and carries us. It's amazing. The word of God is going to endure throughout all generations. Some people think that the Bible is going to be lost and the Bible is going to be um, <clears throat> never quoted. But I, I, I know there's some people in high places that have been talking about Jesus lately. And there's some people in high places that have been quoting Scripture. Well, just the other day, Biden quoted Scripture. Now, I wish he'd quote the right kind. I wish he'd quote the right stuff, you know. But it, it's, in, it's in the psyche of, of everybody. The Word of God is not going to be uh, taken out of society. It's going to be making its inroads wherever God wants it to. It will endure. These truths will endure. You know, the Bible says we can do nothing against the truth, but only for it. No, no matter how evil people get, they can't change the truth of God. And it is it's very, very wonderful that it stands by itself. Look with me, please, to 1 Peter. We're in Hebrews. Let's go to 1 Peter, chapter number 1. And let's see the promise that God gives us. 1 Peter 1 and 24. He says, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Do you realize where where um, uh, Peter, where he got that scripture. If you're taking notes, write down 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse 24 and 25. And then 
The next scripture that you want to link to that, this is, eight, this is 60 years A.D. I mean, it's, it's, it's after Jesus died and rose again. This is about 60 years A.D. For, that's a long time after Jesus was born. But where he got that is found in Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 40. Way back in the book of Isaiah, if you, if you would uh, do the math real quick, we're talking about uh, chapter 40 of Isaiah, which is almost 700 years B.C. So if I do my math right, we're talking about 760 years, about maybe 70, 670, 775, something like that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give the scholars a little leeway, right? We'll be nice to them. We're talking about all, somewhere close to 700 years earlier, the Word of God was preached by Isaiah. Peter had a copy of the Word of God that was unhindered and unchanged from the Hebrew Scriptures way back in Isaiah's day. They kept it all the way up. By the way, Jesus quoted from Isaiah. Remember that? He was in a synagogue. He sat down to read, right? And uh, he asked for uh, the book of Isaiah. Jesus quoted from it. Peter quoted from it. We, we're going to be quoting from this Bible when every king is dead. We're going we're to have the word of God living in us and the truth of God is going to be with us. Watch this now. Chapter 40, verse number 6. This is where Peter got what he said. And those, those uh, preachers in the New Testament, they quoted the Old Testament 700 years before we have this statement. Look at it with me. Verse 6 says, The voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I cry? Here's what Peter said. All flesh is as grass, is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth. How many are withering? The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our, Lord, of our God shall stand forever. Amen. This is amazing. You know how old America is? I, 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 let's see, what was it? It was two, 200 years in 1976 because that's when I graduated from high school. So do the math, right? What, 240, something like that? What are we talking about? 244. Our country's a baby. 244 years is nothing. Israel lasted thousands of years. The Bible was there before Isaiah. The Bible was there during Isaiah. The Bible was there after Isaiah. The Bible was there during Peter, after Peter, before Peter. The Bible was there before I was born, before you were born. The Bible will be here, Lord willing, if, if, if he is willing, when you and I pass away, the Bible will stand. It's going to be there. It's always there. And with technology, it's not going to go away, folks. We're not, going to, we're not going to kick this out of society. Listen, Russia tried to get rid of the Bible, and they didn't do it. They can't do it. Uh, Communist China tried to get rid of the Bible. But guess what? I know missionaries in China. You know what they're doing? I hope they're still doing it. But we had uh, uh, William Miracle from Lighthouse Baptist Church. He's, his dad's a pastor. He was called to the mission field in China. Do you know what he did? He went over there as a teacher in communist China, and they allowed him to get the visa and get everything to where he could teach 
and be a teacher of the English language to the Chinese people. And guess what? He's teaching, he's teaching the Chinese people the English language. Guess what he's using as his textbook? The purest English version of the, of the language you can find. And it, they, they have a church of people getting saved. Now, I don't know the update now, but I know this. As many people want to crush the Bible and stamp the Bible out, and the, the Word of God endures forever. You're never going to get rid of what God said. Just can't do it. You can hide from it. You, can't, you, know, you can run, but you can't hide. You, know, you, can, you, can, you can do everything. You can run real fast away from the, the Bible. But you could, you could end up crying, you're crying under a juniper tree, and you're going to have somebody come over and say, What doest thou here, Elijah? <laughs> You can go down to the brook. You're hungry and you don't have any food left and you're down at the brook and uh, some raven will come by and give you a big old chunk of steak and you're going to eat that and you'll be, be good for 40 days. God, his word is enduring forever. He wants us to have a little endurance. Wouldn't you agree with that? 700 years before Peter quoted that, it was given to him. Now the secret of our endurance is truly the word of God. Now, Solomon brought in the ark and he praised the word of God. And, you know, notice today in, uh, in Washington, D.C., there was close to a million people uh, in that march that we showed you this morning. Wasn't that wonderful to see all that? You know what? That's no accident. That's just not a bunch of crazy people. That's not a big bunch of rebels. That's, that's not, we, they didn't riot. How come, you know, no, burning, no buildings got burned down, nobody got shot and killed and all that. I mean, that I know of, but it wasn't them that were doing it. That, that was what you call a rally. They were not even really in a, in a violent protest at all. They were, they were, they were, they were uh, hooting and hollering and saying, four more years, four more years. Uh, you know, they were saying, go Trump and all. They just love their president. There's nothing wrong with that. They, didn't, they weren't out there sinning. <clears throat> but the other people were. And they waited, a bunch of cowards. They were waiting until they all got. You know, God's always going to have a big crowd of people that are good. You see, we're not the only ones, are we? You know, I, th I, I think that our church is a great church. And I think everybody in America ought to be just like our church. I think everybody in America ought to go to church, read the Bible, pray and give and serve the Lord, win people to Christ and live their lives peaceably as much as possible with all men and praise God and sing and just, you know, I, don't, I know I thought Inslee said you can't sing. Are we going to? Yeah. Hey, he got that right. <laughs> He said one thing right. You can't sing. Yeah, how'd you know? Uh, but uh, but no, uh, what I mean is, uh, <laughs> man, he's, uh, he, must have, he must have been on the Internet watching our service. But no, girls, I didn't mean that. You guys can sing. But yeah, so I thought maybe we'll have to hum. There's nothing, there's nothing uh, that he, in his edict in his, uh, you know, uh, his, his authoritative dictatorial uh, command, don't sing. Oh, brother, man, we're going to sing next week. 
You get somebody to come with you. We're going to sing. And, and if, if we have to, we whistle. <laughs> there's, there's no law against whistling and humming. And, uh, but, uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Listen, there's always going to be the Word of God for us. Now, it's, uh, it's out of the bag. You can't, you can't stuff it back into the bag. You can't take the Word of God and push it back into Isaiah's mouth. You know, uh, Jeremiah's mouth. You've got the word of God. And boy, what a blessing it is. It's a blessing. And the word of God will endure. And other things will endure. His mercy endures. Think about how you need mercy. In uh, Psalm 136, Psalm 118, uh, I think in Psalm 36, almost every verse says at the end, his mercy endureth forever. I wish I, I, wish I had some things that I could say you know, would endure forever, but I'm getting weary, I'm getting older, I'm, 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 not, uh, I'm not at all any weaker, uh, but um, I'm not at all any less handsome, but I, I, uh, some things are changing. Oh, listen, have you ever, seen, you ever seen pictures of people when they first got married and then a uh, picture now? Isn't it great? We had a young couples ministry in Jacksonville and and we had about 186 people, and they were all divided up into different age groups for the wives. And so we decided that we'd have, <laughs> this was great. Um, we had a, um, an activity where everybody was going to bring their wedding album. And so their first, uh, the, the, the wedding pictures when they first got married. And then they had, to, they had to put it out all on the table. We had to guess who it was. <laughs> it was great. I mean, there was cat eye glasses, you know, and all the different fashions and all that. And it was just good to see how, how God uh, in, in, let them endure, you know. <clears throat> His mercy endures forever. The Lord himself will endure. The Bible says he himself endureth in Psalm 9, 7. Psalm 72, uh, verse 17 says his name shall endure forever. You're never going to get rid of God's name. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's going to endure throughout all generations. By the way, Jesus Christ is going to be um, with us, and we're going to be His, and He's going to be ruling us and reigning with us. We're going to be together with Him as a bride would uh, uh, marry her husband, and we're going to live together with the Lord just as, just as wonderful and sweetly as the love and, and connection and camaraderie and fellowship that a bride would have with her, her husband. And we will go off in our honeymoon forever. It's, uh, it's that sweetness that God, God said that. I didn't say it. He said we're his bride. I'd rather have that than just be a friend. Amen. I mean, believe me, we had friends at our wedding. It was really great. But I didn't drive off with my friends. I drove off with my wife. And we stuck together all these years. And we're going to stick together. And I'm happy to be stuck with her. Amen. That's right. That's right. I don't care what you're thinking right now. You say, yeah, she's stuck all right. Uh, that, that's okay. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I, I like it because she's stuck with me. <laughs> All right. Amen. His name will endure forever. His truth will endure throughout all generations. Jesus 
Think, think what he did. He opened up prison bars. He healed lepers. He raised people from the dead. He healed the blind. He healed deaf people. He walked on water. He fed 9,000 people. The first time was 5,000. Second time, he did it twice, was 4,000. If I did my math right, that's about 9,000 people got to eat. And listen, that's the Savior we have. We're not going to lose him. There's not Savior number two. There's a, the, the, we're not going to we're not going to ever be without him. He he will endure throughout all eternity. I don't understand why anybody wouldn't want to be saved. Can you imagine somebody that would be so evil and so blind and so steeped in darkness that they would find out the love that Jesus had for them that endures forever and then say, no, I, I'll tell you, you know what? It's the goodness of God that leadeth thee to repentance. How'd you like to have Jesus give you the gospel one time and your very, very first initial reaction to it, he took that as, okay, that's fine. That's it. That's all you get. I would be in hell right now. The first time I heard about Jesus, I didn't get saved. Did you? I mean, did, are, are you, were your heart so soft that the first time you heard the gospel, you just fell down and asked Jesus to come into your heart? If that's you, you're special. Listen, that's good. By the way, that's childlike faith. Amen. I wish I'd have been saved when I was five years old, six years old, somewhere in there. I wish I'd have done it. I remember uh, one time I was in uh, my buddy's uh, trailer. We were goofing around playing football out in the street. and uh, His name was David, and he, uh, he told me about the gospel. But I don't think I got saved there because it was so fast. Uh, here's how I prayed. Dear Lord Jesus, come to my heart and be my Savior. Amen. And he said... Uh, yeah, if you say those words, you'll, get, you'll go to heaven. I go, okay, dear Jesus, please come to my heart and be my Savior. Now you say, well, that's probably when you got saved. I just don't think so. If it was that easy, I think everybody would be doing it. It is easy, though. But you have to believe with your heart. You can't just mouth it, right? Polly want a cracker? Polly want a cracker. Good, you're saved. All right. I say this word, said, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, good. Another one, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, good. Hey, I had 14 people saved today. I don't think so. But I, uh, I'll tell you, boy, when I got to be about 17, I was so glad that God had patience with me. And he still loved me. And he's, his love endured throughout all my bad attitude. How many got saved later in life? If Later meaning after about... 40 or so, anybody? Okay, we're all pretty young here. Uh, but, you know, it took, how many got saved in your teenage years? Anybody got saved in your teenage years? You know, why take so long? Because you needed, you needed to, to know that God loves you. Love, love is very strong. Love never, in, never fails. 1 Corinthians 13 said charity never fails. Never faileth. It, no matter what, if you love somebody over and over and over and over and over and over again, they can't get away from it. It will break them. Some of the greatest Christians in the world don't even know how great they are. But they just love other people. They don't care. I know, I know you're a rascal, but I love you anyway. I know you're in a bad mood today, but I love you anyway. I know you just threw a rock through my window, but I love you anyway. I, I, know, I know. Listen, we had that happen on a bus route in, in San Diego one time. We, we took uh, some soul winners out to the Navy housing area 
And all of a sudden, kaboom, a big rock came right through the window uh, by Gene Danson's head, shattered the window, hit the other side of the bus inside and landed on the floor right by me. And we picked up this big rock, some kid. You know, we didn't stop giving the gospel to that area. We could have ended up leading that guy to the Lord. We just never know that it was filled with children. So God, he, his love endures forever. Look at Psalm 104. We have something to look forward to tonight. The glory of the Lord. It will endure forever. We're never going to get tired of seeing the blessings and the new city and the city of Jerusalem and the golden streets and the, the gates of pearl and the foundation of jasper. Uh, it's going to be in the, in around his throne, the crystal sea and the tree of life and the, 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 the river of life flowing and the, and the tree of life bearing 12 manner of fruits every month. It's going to be fantastic. We're going, to, we're going to live in the tree of life. We're going to be able to go and come and go and come in and out of the city. Uh, we, we, there'll be no night there. There'll be no sun because Jesus will light the sun, light the city. We won't have any tears, no sorrow, no pain, no heat, no remembrance of sin. We're going to live in, in glory. That's never going to get old. The glory of the Lord is, is going to endure throughout all eternity. I'm so thankful for that. Kind of makes these troubles down here seem kind of petty, don't they? When you think you're going to be in glory forever with the Lord, they can have this place. They really can. I mean, uh, uh, listen, I, there's lots of people, all they live for is wealth and glo uh, you know, temporal things. That's, uh, that's not going to do anything. That's not going to get them anywhere in, in glory uh, one is no fool to give what you can't keep to gain what you can't lose. Giving is one of the greatest Christian character traits of all things. God gave. God gave His only begotten Son. Look now, the glory, the glory will be there. Look at Psalm 104, verse 31. It says, The glory of the Lord <coughs> shall endure forever. The Lord shall rejoice in His works. We have a Savior that has, is righteous. His righteousness will endure forever. You and I will be praising God forever. Think of somebody that's so wonderful that you can't stop telling them how wonderful they are. You know, think about it. We're not made to, we're not made to take praise. Did you know that? Have you, ever, have you ever tried to praise somebody and they just shrugged it off? And you go, what's wrong with you? That's probably a good thing. I'm not saying being unkind. I've had people come and say, oh, you're the greatest pastor in the whole world. And what am I supposed to do with that? No, I'm not. Well, that's no thing to say. I can't. Yes, I am. Thank you. No, that's not what I say. You just makes you feel uncomfortable. You know, if you heap too much praise on somebody, you're going to make them uncomfortable. We're not made for it, but we're made to praise him. And Jesus has made uh, us to be able to do that, and he is able to soak it up. Do, do you see how we can't, can't really accept that right now? Sometimes we kind of have a hard time with that. God actually wants us to praise him. Tell me how great I am, God says, because I am great. Tell me how wonderful I am. Praise me. Let the praises of the Lord 
Let them have a loud voice. I want you to praise me with your music, God says. I want you to sing to me. I want you to tell me and, and, and share your heart with me and give me all the praise you can heap upon me. Man can't do that. Hey, you ever, you ever see those movie stars? You know what happens to them? All those sports figures? You know what they do? They get sick and tired of people. And then they run off in private gated communities and they don't want anybody to bug them. And they get tired of people telling them how great they are and they get bitter. And they're like, you just leave me alone? Okay, I'm wonderful. Now get out, get off my property. You know, they just can't handle it. They just go crazy. But God doesn't. He loves to be praised because he's, he's worthy. We're not worthy of praise. His praise, when we praise God, it will be forever, forever and ever and ever. I'll tell you, endurance is rewarded by us. Now, the word of God endures. God endures himself. Jesus endured the cross, and he tells us, I want you to endure a little bit. I want you to be like me. Don't don't be such a quitter so fast. You know, if everybody was in church now, many people quit church and just stop going anywhere. But if we had everybody that quit church and didn't go anywhere now, and they they came back, we would be building an auditorium, probably a size to hold probably five hundred to a thousand people. That's realistically. We would have to build a building if people just left that left our church and don't go to church anymore. I don't know what's wrong with America, especially Whatcom County. I don't know if it's just me. It could be me. It might be one of you. I don't, I don't know. I, I've never figured it out. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know the problem, so I'm just guessing. I don't think it's you. Uh, but um, listen, it's, you just don't know. People just don't have any endurance left. I, I like those uh, folks that have been going to church from when they were a little kid. See this pen right here? I've been going to church for 75 years. That's the 75-year Sunday school pen right there, buddy boy. I say, put her there. Give me a handshake, man. You, what does anybody do for 75 years anymore? Yeah, we, 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 ought to, we ought to realize that God's going to reward us if we just last. Amen. Uh, last verse. Look at James. We'll, we'll, we'll go. James chapter 1. I want you and I to endure no matter what the cost. And thank you for enduring my preaching. I, I mean that. You say, oh, don't talk bad about yourself. I'm not. If I had to listen to me like you do, I'm not sure I'd be here. I don't know what's wrong with you people. How do you do it? How do you do it? Maybe it was me. I don't know. Look at James, James chapter 1, verse 12. Let's, do, let's be Christians that endure hardness. And let's do all we can. All right, verse 12. Now, here it is. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. I believe with all my heart that if you love Jesus with all your heart and you just stay close to him, 
and you don't quit. You just keep loving him and keep serving him and stay in his house, do all you can. When you move to another uh, state or country or whatever, or whatever, if God, if God moves you in his will, you'll link right back up with church and you just keep doing what God tells you to. Let every church that I've ever been in, I joined. In other words, when I, when I went uh, to uh, my first church in San Diego, I joined it. When I went to uh, Port Orchard, I joined it. When I went to uh, Bible college, I joined the church. When I came back to South Dakota, I joined the church. And when I came back to San Diego to start out our marriage, I joined the church. And then when I came up here to start a church, I joined this one. I'm a member of this church. That's, that's what God wants. I, now, if you have the love of God, he said, and you endure this temptation. Temptation could be any number of things. It could be a trial. It could be sin, a temptation to do evil, temptation to give up and quit, all those temptations. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. There's a crown for you if you just stick close to Jesus. And you have to endure to do that. Amen? What is it in this life that's worth it to give up on God? Riches, fame, none of that. If Jesus could go and endure the cross, I can endure what he has for me. I'm not going to have to die on the cross. I don't have to taste the terrible, uh, the, the darkness of separation from God. You and I will never know that. That's a blessing. He did it for us. All, what else could there be that he would want out of me that I couldn't do? He did everything. He took our place. We can endure a little bit. So let's, let's do that. Let's endure. And you have this wonderful Bible right at your fingertips that has stood the test of time from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22, or 20, 21-22, 22-21. The, the, the end of the Bible. Amen. Amen. Let's bow for prayer.